You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. This podcast contains potentially adult language, adult themes, definitely drinking, and possibly sexual context. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Drinking with, I almost said welcome to Literary Briefs. And then I, uh, no, it's fine. That's fine. I'm going to go back to my drink and we're doing so well here. Welcome to the Literary Briefs edition of Drinking with Authors. I've had way too much gin already, apparently. had no idea you got a drink in the afternoon. Okay, so I am your host, Erica Lancer. At least I still think I am. We'll see how that goes. Um, if Don't forget, like, subscribe. Please leave us reviews. If you are an author that wants to be on the show, or you have an author you would like us to hunt down like a dog and tie up and put on this show. We'll kidnap them. Yes, we will not do that. We are not putting a recording that says we're going to do that. By the way, don't bring Val Willis, who's my co-host today, as your sidekick for any crime because she also loves me like on this podcast. Yes. I'm a fan favorite. You are a fan favorite. You are also the one that would bring your cell phone to a crime. So anyway, you can email us at drinkingwithauthors at gmail.com. Our amazing guest today is S.G. Blaze. Okay. Um, And our sponsor today is Skunk Brothers Spirits, coupon code DWA10. Gets you amazing stuff. Definitely check them out. So let's talk about what we're drinking while I still remember the format, which has gone completely off the rails in the first five seconds of this podcast. Okay. So I have very little left, which is either a good sign or a bad sign in my older DWA swag, which you'll get DWA swag SG when we, when, yes. Um, yes it is like it. gin and I mixed organic fruit juice in it because I've been doing this recently. This is a thing. So it's gin and juice. Snoop, what do you think? Just okay. kidding. That's not a thing. Okay. <laughs> um, Val, what are you drinking? I'm, I'm down to my last little bit of my second Irish coffee. <laughs> Oh, you're going to be a crap show here in a little bit. I appreciate <laughs> all of that. SG, what are you drinking? Ice coffee with a splash of Baileys. We're twinsies. Twinsies. <laughs> twinsies. Okay. Are you ready for the rapid fire questions? Let's do this. Okay. Oh, look. She thinks she's ready. Okay. What is your favorite book of all time? Uh, Wheel of Time, Robert Jordan. Wow. Very cool. Why? That was the second book I read in 2001 when I came to America after reading Alan Montgomery um, series, The Green Gables, Anne of Green Gables. And that was my second series I started to read. And this time I actually understood what the writer was saying because my English got better. (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember anything of the poor Anne of Green Gables other than the movies. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Now I can understand that. What about uh, your least favorite book? I have to say they go back to the classics I was forced to read in in elementary school. I did not appreciate them until later, but now I do, (laughs) even if they're 250 years old. Yeah, some of them I still don't appreciate. I don't care how old they are. They're still garbage. (laughs) Um, Who don't read them, but they're they're there for a reason. (laughs) True, true. What about what is your favorite book that has been turned into a movie or a TV show? Where do you think? 
Wheel of Time. The you TV actually show. like what they did with Wheel of Time? I do. I do because, yes, it is. <laughs> Look so at her. She's like, how dare you? I was it's like, wait, so don't send hate mail to her. <laughs> what is happening? You are the first person that I've heard actually say something positive about the Wheel of Time. Because I'm a true fan. <laughs> And I'm going to stick to that story. It's uh, It starts slow. And I was watching my husband uh, experience. He never read the books. My son was out because he's like, it's another fantasy mom, really? <laughs> so <laughs> he's, he's, he has his quota of like one fantasy a year he can handle. But I was curious what my husband's going to say because of the slower pace. And he was fascinated because... The world building is so vast for that series. You really have to take your time to let the readers uh, get immersed into that world before you can start that amazing storyline. So, yes, there is pros and cons for that, but uh, I personally enjoyed the TV series. Okay. Okay. What what about one that you think they did a terrible job with? Yes. My gosh. Uh... Oh, the top of my hand had, I can't think of any, but uh, probably I would say if I don't like a series, it's because they're, they're going too far away from the book. And I have, actually, I remember one. <laughs> I was going to say, we'll get there. It'll we'll come. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's True Blood. I read the, the Suki oh. Stackhouse series. And I had a really hard time in the first season to get past by the combined characters. After that, it got better, but I had to just say, don't think about the books, enjoy the TV show. And once, once I got into that mindset, uh, it was fine. But uh, I was expecting them to stay closer to the series. So I just had to realize that's not what they're doing because obviously they couldn't put everything into that TV show that was in the books. Well, I'm kind of glad they didn't. I'm not a huge fan of that particular series. I think she, well, she changes an entire character's race in book three. Anyway, it's very weird. To me. And I would have been pissed if Lafayette had actually died because he was one of the best parts of that entire show. So, oh yeah. <laughs> yes, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of Lafayette. Um, Okay, so let's um, talk about your writing environment. Does when when do you write? Does it matter the time of day or? It doesn't. It's it's evolving. So this nine years or something, uh, my writer writing journey evolved. You know, I would write all day. Then I would write in the morning. Then I would write in the afternoon. Then I write whenever I sit down. It really doesn't matter at this point. I think in the beginning, it's important to develop the routine that you are going to sit down and, and write. But once, once I got past that milestone, it just became something I do and I didn't have to think twice about it. So I just, I just write, I have a keyboard. I just write. In fact, I'm going to write right now because I have a keyboard in front of me. So hold on. No. Okay. Well, <laughs> Hey, you know, if you win awards with it, we're down with it. Yeah. Next great SG novel was written on drinking with authors. <laughs> Could you imagine we're like, Hours later, we're like, yeah, we're still here, still here, we're still writing. Thank you. Um, what about, um, do you listen to music or can you have distractions like background noise and stuff? I sometimes listen to music. Other times I don't. I don't know if there is any reason behind it. Uh, the first draft was definitely, I had the, my music playlist going on. Maybe I didn't refresh it and the second draft was like no music. But I, I don't have any preference. Uh, 
usually I tune the music out anyway. So it doesn't matter if there are people talking to me. My son realized this is a great time to ask questions about, <laughs> can I go, can I do? Because then he can go to that. Mom said it's okay. And I did not say that. I was like, kind of like this, like talk to the hand. And then he took it as a yes. So we had to clarify that that does not mean yes. You still have to get eye contact from mom before I acknowledge anything. I so I just do things out. Yeah, <laughs> you really did figure out this whole thing real fast. <laughs> they you know, do. Kids they are pretty order. clever. I was going to say, oh, kids yeah. can be very, very clever about these things. I um, used to talk in my sleep. Here's a fun story. Oh, I no. used to, well, I still talk in my sleep, but I used to absolutely talk in my sleep. And I was working when I was 18 years old, believe it or not, as a bouncer. I'm six feet tall um, at a club. So I'd get home and like five o'clock in the morning, go to sleep. Well, my sister, would come in and ask me questions because my mom used to ask me questions. I don't know why she would do this at like eight o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, I've slept for three hours. So I would acknowledge what she was saying to me mainly so that she wouldn't wake me up. And my sister figured this out who was younger than me and was like, I'll get her to agree. So I'd wake up at like three in the afternoon and she's like, Hey, you said you take me and my friends to the beach. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> and I'm like, when did I say that? She's like, you said that this morning. <laughs> of course you did. Yeah. Of course you did. Asshole. So. <laughs> um, what is your, uh, a lot of authors I've learned have writing rituals, like a certain beverage or a snack, or they have to have certain things set up a certain way, or they like to be in their PJs when they write. Is there, what is your ritual? My writing ritual is very simple. I just have to have my notes, uh, preferably some quiet around me, and then and then my keyboard, and I'm good to go. I don't need anything else. <laughs> wow, that's cool. That's so again, I've been doing this for nine that's years. That's your superpower, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> I like. I have to like. I have all this prep. I have to prep. I have to prep. I don't know why. I do have my coffee in the morning, have a nice breakfast, and then I go into writing. So it, it, if that counts as ritual, I definitely uh, don't just jump into empty stomach because that would be horrifying. Whatever would come out of that writing session would not be worth it. So <laughs> don't write hungry unless that works for you and then write hungry, I guess. Okay. So if you could be, because you write fantasy, if you could be any supernatural creature, which would you be? Dragon. Dragon. Well, that was easy. <laughs> no way, dragon. <sighs> yeah, or a unicorn, whichever comes first. <laughs> wow, why why a dragon or a unicorn? Uh, I was always fascinated by that large uh, winged creature that's intellectual, can speak. Uh, you know, don't get me started on the shifter romance that that's available on the market. But I just love the idea of having uh, a creature that big, that smart and magical and breathing fire. I wish I could breathe fire. It would solve so many things in my life. <laughs> oh, I don't have something to story, me. my friend. That would be, yes. I would be in whatever kind of jail they would put one in that could <laughs> breathe fire. But yes, I would be breathing fire as well. Right. Um, <laughs> what color dragon? So you're going to be a dragon. What color dragon are you? Purple. I'm a big purple fan. If you ever uh, stumble upon my Instagram, you will see a lot of purple, hues of purple, sometimes dark blue. Any color of space, I'm okay with that. 
That's very, <laughs> very cool. Okay. Um, when you read books, I'm assuming you do a lot of reading. Is that correct? Right. Right. Do you finish them? I do. I do. I have to finish a book. I don't uh, read three, four books at a time. If I try to do that, that's because I'm trying to read genre that I don't like. So I go just read the chapter of this and then you can get back to your fantasy. <laughs> and it hasn't worked so far. I'm, I'm still stuck in those books because I just I want my fantasy. I want my sci fi. It's hard. It's it's a struggle. It's a but struggle. You finish them even if they're not good. I try to, I try to, because um, I can always learn something, even when it's not good, like how, how to avoid something that makes me feel that, right? So it's good to recognize patterns. What makes me feel excited? I'd like to transform it into the paper. What makes me feel not so excited? Avoid, avoid, avoid. <laughs> in that case, what is your pet peeve that you've seen in writing? Like, uh, for instance, uh, I know someone hates when they say alabaster skin and they're like, no, that's a terrible way to describe this. Like, is there certain things that turn you off as a reader when you come across them? I have a few things that turns me turns me off. Uh, one of them is the head jump when it happens between paragraphs. There is a, a, one of my favorite authors. She's amazing, but she does head, ju head jumping from sentence to sentence. And sometimes I ask why, why do we need to know that thought particularly when it does not add to the story? Um, the other one is too much backstory. Backstory has to be handled in a way that is active. So for me, that's my approach to show backstory. It's an active replay of the events. Otherwise it's telling, I'm a huge fan of show. And that's because I try to write cinematically. And one of the reasons for that is that my son, he is not a fan of reading and he has a short attention span. So I said, I'm gonna write a book, son, that you can put down. We're getting there. 25 <laughs> pages seem to be the max for now, but we're getting there. But I realized the more I do show, and, and a lot of people, they may not be a fan of that type of writing. It's, it's easier to deliver the story in a fast pace where the characters are in focus, you know, the plot is happening, it's active. I just, I just love the, the show versus, you know, don't tell. No, I think that's great because the thing about talent, I'm not saying people don't enjoy those books, but they, they tend to not move. Like we always talk about the books that we can't put down, you know, the books that, yeah. you know, we're up late at night, still reading, even though we know we should be in bed asleep, but we can't because we're just going to, we're just going to finish the next chapter. And it's always interesting to me when I um, think about when I would put down a book, not when I fall asleep with a book in my hand, but when... <laughs> I would actually put it down and be like, okay, I've read enough is when it's not doing that anymore. Exactly. Book, you know, we it's don't not want to lose. Yep. We don't want to lose our readers because life is so complicated, so busy. We have to make dinners. We have to take the kids here, there, uh, anywhere. And if someone puts the book down and doesn't pick it up within an hour or, or in a day, Grand chances are they may never pick it back up. And, and then you have all these piles of book waiting to be read. And that's one of the reasons that they're dragging their feet because they're not getting that, that immersive, uh, you know, fast paced experience, excitement. And I think that's, that's comes from uh, watching those movies when I was a child. 
that I've seen nothing like that. What was in the movies were the the Soviet made uh, almost like nature documentaries with a submarine and a bear. I still don't know what the point of that movie was. It was three and a half hours. There were six people in the theater. We were scared to death to leave because we thought they're going to shut us at the door if we leave in the middle of the movie because it's really bad. I'm just kidding. They wouldn't have done that. But you never know. You never know. <laughs> you and never know. You could have had the director there. Like, you need to see this riveting grizzly bear on a submarine exactly. movie. Or, or your anti-party and shame on you. I don't. I have no idea. But, you know, just experiencing that storytelling, I think I'm always searching that excitement that, that makes me f- so happy to be alive, so happy that I'm, I'm transported away from life for that few hours. And I just want to grab that feeling and infuse it into my book's pages. That's very cool. What kind of book, do you like to read paper or electronic or, or audiobooks? What's your preferred method? These days I'm reading Kindle and that's because uh, I'm getting a headache when I'm reading paperbacks. I don't know if it's the size of the letters or the, the, the you know, paper is too dark, but ever since I switched to electronic, it helped. That's very cool. Very cool. What about, um, do you listen to audiobooks? Uh, I do rarely, and that's because I'm very visual. I have caption running on my TV, which my friends hate me for it. They're like always, I can't watch a, a movie if you have caption. I'm like, don't look there. Just avoid that <laughs> last part of the screen. I need to see the words. Sometimes I do the audio as I'm reading, but uh, I don't seem to get anything out of it <laughs> yeah no i i have the caption on my tv all the time i do that mainly because i think sometimes especially not everybody in the <laughs> speaking of things that aren't done well not everybody does a good balancing of the dialogue to the sound effects in the background and it seems more prevalent than it ever was when i was growing up the new where- jurassic park movie it's it's terrible. I You can't hear anything anyone's saying because they put the dinosaurs screaming above that. So yeah, it's, it's getting, yeah, it's very frustrating because you want to be able to hear that dialogue, even if it's more realistic that the dinosaur would drown out the, what the person's saying, but the movie is sharing a story and it's yeah. that dialogue that drives the story a little bit. So yeah, that's too bad. Yeah. yeah especially i mean i just went through that on the whole stranger things thing like there's a lot of loud noises in stranger things you know or things going in the background and i'm like nope gonna read it but i also tell people well i'm sorry then don't watch the movie like you know we're gonna we're gonna have closed captioned on that's how that's gonna work thanks gay i do that with some video games too just for the record i'll put the closed caption on the video game so i know what the hell people are saying because yeah. otherwise i miss the story that happens yeah. it's it's amazing okay so what is a weird food combination that you enjoy weird food combination uh, well i like my bread with butter and jam and it has to be butter first then on top of it like apricot jam I don't know if it's weird most people they don't like to use butter on bread I'm not sure why um you have not met me <laughs> yeah no I was gonna say I put butter on I'll put butter on almost everything Very good butter I'll put that on everything I think it's it's a god's gift to to us and we have to put butter everywhere 
Yeah. It's just, it's just the fact of life. Yeah. No, I have to, ha- I have to have butter and jam too. I, it, and I remember my great grandmother making it for me that way. So I don't know if it's, it's a comfort food thing or a Southern thing or. Very European. It's a very European, European thing. I grew up with that. Yeah. Ooh, look, and your grandma was fancy. Your grandma, grandma was fancy, fancy European. She was a baby at best. She sung gospels every day. She had a little piano and everything. Uh, and at one point, uh, the preacher, they, they went to an old little rickety church in the orange groves. This is how Florida I am. Uh, <laughs> and when the preacher died, her and her sister took over and was were the preachers for the church for some time, too. So she was she was something else, man. She was something else. She also paid the kids uh, who were 12, 13 and 14 years old to drive her to church so she could put on her makeup. <laughs> Love it. She was amazing. <laughs> well, she sounds amazing. <laughs> oh my god, that, and very dangerous to have around. <laughs> very dangerous to have. We were, around. we were thankful she had a Crown Vic for her last car. She took out every mailbox because we live six houses down between our house and and hers. And we're like, it's time to take her keys. <laughs> she tried. She tried. Right. <laughs> she got there. <laughs> she got. She. See, that's what matters, the end result. <laughs> so how many books do you foresee in this series? Or are you looking to do anything else? Uh, at one point, I thought there's going to be 21 books, 12 uh, mainline, 9 extra. But then I was talked down from <laughs> 21. Because uh, they're like, remember, if this turns into movie, we have to have the books go in a faster pace. So, so it depends. Right now, I see probably four to six books in the main line and then everything else as either comic books, uh, TV shows, you know, something else in a different format. They're not going to get lost, uh, but the, I have to uh, create that, that foundation, you know, to have the transmedia ready. Are you looking to write anything else or just this series? I would love to write more. Uh, I have a couple of ideas. But this is my 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 biggest interest right now. I have too many ideas and not enough time, uh, Erica. I have to tell you. <laughs> no, that I think that's all of us. Like I, I I have so many notes of okay this novel, okay this story, okay this story. Probably every day I write down a story idea. It's just having enough bandwidth to actually do the story ideas. And I am not a fast writer like our friend Val here who does 4 billion words a year. I do not write that fast. So I, you know, getting, getting my words out there is takes a little bit longer. What about for yourself? Do you have like a writing thing that you do, like a little quirk that you have to remind yourself not to do that your editors are like, you know, stop having everybody shrug. So what is your, I love that you're laughing. So what is that? <laughs> I have quite a few uh, quirks and and I like I love saying that they evolve. So when I catch one, a dozen sprungs up in its place. So at one point, uh, I think it was the second book I said, as if, as if, as if, if. and I'm like, that's, that's telling. You don't need to tell why they're doing something. So I didn't catch it. I had like 200 as ifs. Uh, another one is uh, sometimes I, I grab a word, doesn't matter which one, and I use it hundreds of times. 
It could be like walk. It could be like sit. It could be chair. Whatever that word is, I get fixating on it. And then I don't see it until my editor starts doing the pink highlighter, which in her way saying, really, really, you're going to use this word this many times. <laughs> so, yeah, I have quite a few. Yeah, no, I think we all have different ones that we do. I think it's interesting as a writer to grow and learn from those things. What was it like for you being edited the first time? Oh, it was the scariest thing I ever experienced, Erica. I was I was uh, shaking when I submitted my, my draft because uh, I did my research. And so I came across the horror stories and, and that scared me. So, so uh, I'm so fortunate that I found a company that I love working with, the New York Book Editors, and they are amazing. And they calmed that anxiety down that you're in good hands. You know, this is this is going to turn out great. And uh, that's that was the first time I sent it out for an editor. And I do it every year now. That is very, very cool. I know a lot of people get very sensitive about their book and everything. And there are horror stories. You absolutely have to find somebody who's going to be a good fit for your book. But at the same time, you... You cannot treat every word that you put on that page like it's a special little diamond and then exactly. you're all lucky to think you I did may, that for us. Exactly. And if I may add to that thought, uh, I actually had to, to um, uh, I don't want to use the word teach my editor, but basically um, I'm the type that I need to know what's wrong with this draft. I'm not going to get offended. I don't take it personally. I don't need that. This is great, honey. No, I need this is wrong. And here is why. So it took uh, probably uh, three books to get to the point when when my editor doesn't apologize if she has 16 page of notes, because I love it. I, I have the phone conversation with her and we, we talk about thank you for identifying all this stuff, because now I know I can learn from it. I can correct it. And this makes my writing better. That is the whole point of editing is to make the book better. Yeah, no, I agree 100 percent. You have again, the perfect viewpoint of that, because that is something that comes up quite a bit. And it it helps having an editor who, when they label something, this is wrong, the, the at least point you of why, so you can learn and evolve and, and, and understand the, 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 the professional level. We we can't all be experts at grammar and composition. We don't always catch where we drop the ball in our development on some aspects, but If you have edits that are just like, this is wrong, 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 and you never get an explanation, you have no means of evolving and learning at what it is that you're making. Like, is are these all the same mistake or are these all different mistakes? There's no way to distinguish one from the exactly. other. Exactly. And often she just asks a question on the side. Why is this happening? Why is this character doing something? And that prompts me to explain it. And often it's a paragraph. Often it's just a little bit more world building. But because I'm so deep into my story, I don't even think about that's not obvious until someone who, who reads it with fresh eyes, they go, I'm not sure what's happening here. Can you please expand on it? Just a little bit more. Huge help. I can't tell you, huge help. That's very cool. Okay, Val, I'm putting you on the spot again. Last question. Oh, oh last question. Last question. Uh, as a writer, what do you think you do well or naturally in your writing? 
Oh, wow. That's a great question, Valerie. And my mom raised me to be humble, so I'm not sure how to answer it. <laughs> <laughs> like something that you don't have to work at, that you naturally do, that the editor always compliments you at or never seems to be, be flagging like you think it should be. One thing my editor uh, compliments is the rich world building and uh, the too much content. <laughs> she says she's never seen anyone having this much content. <laughs> And I'll take it as a compliment. <laughs> Very cool. Okay, shameless self-promotion time, my friend. Yes. So I'm available on Instagram as SGBlaze uh, Official, on Twitter as SGBlaze Author. I have a Facebook page, The Last Slomanian. I'm also available on our website, sgblaze.com, where I would encourage everyone to sign up for my newsletter so they can get to see the amazing new maps, characters that are coming your way soon. Excellent. Very, very cool. Awesome. Okay. Thank you so much for being on this podcast with us. We really appreciate you being here. Thank you, Erica and Valerie. I had a blast. This is, this was so much fun. Well, and when, um, you know, we know book three is coming out, you need to reach out to us again and let us know, and then we can have you on the podcast again, and then we get to hear the title. So that's a thing. So. <laughs> I'll tell you a secret. <laughs> Very cool. Not now because we don't keep secrets when we're recording. I try to tell people that they're like, it's a secret. And I'm like, well, it's recorded. So it's not really a secret anymore. That's not how it works. Okay, guys, this has been Drinking with Authors, the Literary Briefs Edition. Our sponsor today has been Skunk Brother Spirits. I have been your host, Erica Lance. My co-host has been Valerie Willis. Did you want to say something? Because you look like yes, you're about to yes. say something. Be sure to like, share, comment, and subscribe uh, and reach out to us if you have ideas of what authors you would like to see on our podcast. Absolutely. And our amazing guest has been SG Blaze. Thank you so much again for being here. And we will see you guys next time. Thank you. Hey, Martha. What? Do you like nerd stuff? I do. And do you like adult beverages? I super do. <laughs> Well, then you should join us with a drink. With a drink. With a drink. On, but first, let's talk nerdy. Clink. <laughs> on the ESO Network. We'll see you on Tuesday. Maybe next Tuesday. Maybe. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.